Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. This is Misty Jane, and you're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast that helps uplift the hair industry one stylist at a time. Hello there, friends. So today I'm talking to Elizabeth Salamaca. I am super excited about this conversation. She is a hairstylist. She is a holistic health coach for stylists. She's going to help with mindset, business strategy, wellness, all of the things. She also has her own podcast that I highly recommend you give a listen. Screw it, let's do it is what it's called. And you will find out about the name when you listen um, a little further today. So again, um, if you like it, tag it, share it, tell your friends, leave a review, all the things. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Hello, Elizabeth. How are you? Hello. I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad I'm here. It was like kind of a rough morning, but you know, here we are. I'm good to go. Yeah. Kids, kids do that to us, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. I'm I... super excited to have you on here. And I know that you and I could probably talk for hours, but I feel like we shouldn't do that to the listeners. Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> so tell me a little bit about where you are, um, a little bit about your story um, in the hair industry. Okay. Well, I am located in the Bay Area in California. And I, let's see, how long have I been doing hair? 13 years, I think. Um, and I have pretty much always been here in the Bay Area. I had a short stint down in LA. That's where I had my first hair job and um, had a lot of my training. But mostly I've been working here in, um, I worked in San Francisco for a little while, and then now I'm back in the East Bay, which is where I grew up, and um, kind of went through it all. Like I've worked commission, I've worked booth rental, I opened a studio, um, then COVID hit, hmm. and my county was actually the, count, the only county in the whole country that never reopened, like until... How- uh, like two weeks ago. Why? How long were y'all closed? Six months. Um, why? Just your governor? Because our numbers were high. Alameda County includes Oakland and a couple other major cities where the population is super dense. And like, I live in a suburb of pretty much Oakland, like 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes away. Um, So my particular city 
had low, low numbers. Like we, we weren't, you know, seeing the spikes and the hospitalizations like the, the bigger cities were, but we're all, we're under Alameda County, like that umbrella. And so there was a, a time where we, um, the Tri-Valley, so me, my, me, <laughs> it's my city. So the city <laughs> I live in and two others that are considered this Tri-Valley area way out in the East Bay, we did petition to kind of be removed from, or like looked at separately because our numbers were, you know, different. Right. But because our numbers did continue to rise, they just kept you closed. Really, yeah, they kept us closed. They denied the petition. So we were closed for six months um, and literally just reopened. So during COVID, I actually shut down my studio. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a whole thing. My The owner um, was just kind of being shady. He was doing some stuff that I didn't agree with. And um, so if, if nothing else, I oftentimes move out of like integrity. And I was like, I just cannot like in good conscience, like continue to pay this guy. I right. just can't do it. Right. So as much as it was like super heartbreaking and like kind of fucked up, can I curse? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I chose to leave and that was actually pretty soon. It was in April. Right. So it was was kind of in the beginning. Yeah. And I want to say it was after we learned about the first extension of like the opening date, excuse me. And I think I just kind of knew this isn't going away. Like we're not going to be open even still in a month. So it did kind of feel like a a better choice business wise. Um, But of course it was like really sad because I love my studio, you know, running your own brand and your own business is like, you know, that was my big goal. Right. And right before COVID hit, I was actually looking at bigger spaces to open either a larger studio or even like a small boutique salon. And things were like, there were three spaces that were available that I was kind of like hemming and hawing over like which one I wanted. And it just, obviously as it worked out, COVID hit and I was like, oh my God, like shit. Good thing I didn't move forward with that because it would right. have been <laughs> it would have been a shit show. Yeah. And then six months of like, oh my gosh. Anyway, so it all kind of worked out in the best way possible for me personally as far as the business went. Um, so while I was home for those six months, it did give me some extra time to work on my coaching business, which I had started getting off the ground um, a couple of years ago. I started kind of dabbling in education um, with other hairstylists and other creatives because I had been teaching like makeup and hair classes to my clients. Right. So once that kind of got rolling and I realized you know how it is. It's like, oh, this is really fun. This is cool. This is awesome. Maybe I want a little more. Maybe I want to tweak this. Maybe I want whatever, whatever. So that kind of turned into wanting to coach and educate other professionals, like other, you know, entrepreneurs essentially. And um, so during my time away from the salon, I just did a little more of that. Right. <laughs> like it gave me that time that I didn't even realize 
I mean, I knew I needed more time for it, but you know how it is when you're working behind the chair, like you get so accustomed to that hustle that like, just, I mean, I had gotten better, of course, at working within my schedule. Right. But even that, it takes a lot out of you. Like you're tired at the end of the day. You don't really have a lot of extra time or energy to focus on a whole new business. Right. So I was kind of in that stagnant place for a long time. And then when when the shutdown happened, um, I just kind of committed to putting more energy into that and seeing what happened and seeing where it went and how I really felt about it. Well, let's talk about that for a second because, um, you know, I have am working my way into education as well. Yeah. And it's been, I guess about a year and a half maybe since I've really like decided I wanted to do something that helps stylists. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, because of the COVID season and, um, you know, virtual learning have mm-hmm. decided to take a break behind the chair to be able to make the coaching thing happen. I don't think I could have done it if I didn't do that. Like I was surprised how much work is actually involved in coaching because I think we see all these successful coaches and it seems so easy and it seems so fluid, but we don't realize that they've been doing it for years and it's been a work in progress. (laughs) Do what? And have a team. Exactly. Exactly. It's just not right. Um, I know for me, um, the program I, I launched last week was vid- it has videos involved and it will take me all day to finish a seven minute video. Mm. So it's, it's a lot of work. So what, for you, what was the most surprising thing um, once you got into education? Like what, what did you think was going to be easy, but wasn't actually quite as easy as you thought? Actually launching the thing. Yes. <laughs> Because, you know, it takes, and so (laughs) um, I now am, I consider myself a mindset coach, like, well, most recently, it's like, I've, I've started calling myself a whole, I started calling myself a holistic business coach because I like incorporated all, all these aspects, like the mind, the body, like the business, the strategy, like all the things, but because when I was working behind the chair before, I mean, now probably like a year to a year and a half ago, I didn't have a mindset practice. I didn't have like, I was just pushing through every day, hustling through every day, grinding through every day, like making shit happen. And it felt really hard. It right. felt really hard. It felt really draining. And I remember at one point I, I thought like, oh my God, there has to be a better way to do this. Like there just has to be. So I kind of looked outside of the hair industry because at that time, no one was really talking about working smarter, not harder. Right. Or mental health. Right. Behind the right. Chair. It yeah. just wasn't as like talked about. And so, um, I was introduced to like mindset practice and mindset work. And I realized some of these things that were happening was like this really intense, negative self-talk loop constantly going in my brain. And it's something that, again, like I grew so accustomed to, I didn't realize was happening like to the degree that it was and that it was how it was affecting everything I was doing. Right. 
And so once I made the commitment or once I brought the awareness to that, I was able to commit to figuring out a way to reframe those thoughts, even if it felt like I was lying to myself, but to just talk nicer to myself. Right. Right. Well, I, so, I think the mindset, people's thoughts are what stop them from doing so much. And people totally. never even think about it. They're just like, oh, no, this is a, my mind is telling me I shouldn't do this. Right. When really, it's like, mm, your mind's just testing you to see how bad you really want it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> right. And so, so that ball got rolling. Certain things shifted in my business. I realized, holy shit, I don't have to like, quote, work so hard to have a better life or to even like make more money or to like, you know, many stylists are, are, they want to raise their prices. They want their dream schedule. They want time off. They want to not come in early and leave late. And it takes a huge mental clarity, strength, like that mindset piece to give them that, um, self-worth piece, the self-trust, like all those things, because it, everything sounds really good on paper. Everything sounds great when you're talking to someone like you should totally raise your prices. Like, Oh, you're booked out for three months. You need to raise your prices. Like, okay, bitch. Yeah, I know. Right. Easier said than done. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like the how and part of the why sometimes was, was missing. But so anyway, so, so that, the mindset practice began before I really, really had the ball rolling on any of the coaching stuff. But what it did was when I got to the coaching piece and it was time to launch the thing and I had to really trust myself and believe that I could do it and give myself like daily affirmations, like daily pep talks. And it didn't feel so like, I don't know, like I was lying to myself. Like it felt, I already kind of had that practice in motion. So, so the act of it wasn't totally new, but it was a whole new vulnerable thing. Like it's one thing to raise your prices and then your clients can sometimes choose, right? Like, okay, that fits in my budget. Yes, I can make that work. Like, or maybe it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel as personal But when you like create something and then you're launching it and you're offering it to the world, it feels so vulnerable and scary because if people say no, you have to have that, that mindset piece in place to remind yourself that this isn't about you. It doesn't diminish your work. This, I mean, and again, this can also be applied to the hair. Yeah. example <laughs> of hair and raising your prices, of course. Right, of course. right. Um, because it is personal. Both are personal, of course. Well, I think it can be applied to anything. I think with yeah. hair, it's just something that you've been doing or we've been doing a long time that we went through the same thing probably when we first started. We probably just don't remember or we were too young to give a shit because I know I was half drunk when I started doing hair all the time. So like I, I, it's almost like I forgot about the beginning, you know? Yeah. So I think that it applies to a lot of things really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like, what if what I'm doing isn't, you know, what if people don't like it or what if it's not good enough or what if I'm saying the wrong thing? Right. Yeah. And then what's interesting is once I decided, I was like, okay, 
you know, my coach is like talking me through this and she's like, let's consider like worst case scenario. Tell me what your worst case scenario is right now. It was like that nobody buys it. She's like, okay, how would you handle that? I was like, well, I guess I'd be embarrassed, but I, I don't know. Like she goes, okay. So if you were really, 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 really fucking embarrassed, could you handle that? Right. Like, well, yeah, I guess I could handle that. And that's not that bad. I've been really, really fucking embarrassed before. So I, <laughs> I won't die. I will survive and it'll be fine. Like, you know. And somebody so told me a while ago that if somebody sees something online, they forget about it so quickly. Mm-hmm. So I try and think about that if I make mistakes online or, or say you do launch a product and say nobody buys, which is very rare, especially if you're launching, yeah. you know, appropriately where you're talking about it enough. Um, but I always think, you know what? People are going to forget anyway. Like I spell a word wrong. People aren't going to think about that next week. I'm going to think about it, but people aren't thinking about me. Like I think they're thinking about me. (laughs) Right. 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 It's like, it's funny, you know, growing up, I would be, you know, like when I was a teenager or something, I, I remember very vividly my mom telling me, she must've said it more than once. Cause I can't imagine it would stick with me like this if it was only one time, but she was like, Oh my gosh, Elizabeth, like no one's actually looking at you, <laughs> which is I kind was of- worried about something, you know, right. I don't know what it was. Right. And I remember being like, God, <laughs> mom, like, right. Rude, you know, but it's true. I mean, just other people just are not as worried or concerned or like aware of the things you're doing like you are of your own self. Exactly. You know, it's just not, it's just not, people aren't, aren't looking at you through that kind of scope. My coach um, with education has, you know, when I first started talking about my program, I felt like I was constantly repeating myself. I felt like all I was doing was like saying the same thing over and over again in my stories, on my page, whatever. And she had to remind everyone in the group that, not everyone sees all your stuff. Not everyone pays attention to all your stuff. Not everyone reads your emails. And I noticed that every time I would post, I would get one more DM from someone different or one more response or one more purchase or one more person on the wait list or whatever. And I realized that she was so right. Like where I felt like I was constantly talking about my thing, my thing, my thing. People aren't really paying that much attention or Instagram's hiding half of it from everyone, which is a thing too. Right. <laughs> right. And that's a major piece too that, um, you know, I talk a lot about with my clients and remind myself of literally all the time is like, you have to be a broken record. And if you're worried about annoying people, like, okay, that's valid. <laughs> and also, the people you're annoying are not your sole clients. They are not the people we're talking to right now. Like exactly. we're not talking to those people. We're right. talking to the people who are going to want the thing or hear what we have to say or recognize or resonate with the words. Like yeah. we're not worried about the people we're annoying. Right. Like unfollows almost make me happy now. Cause I'm like, they weren't meant to be here anyway. Exactly. You know, and I kind of felt the same way with hair. It's like, you can follow me all day, but if you're not, you know, following me for, cause you're a fan or a, or want to purchase or come sit in my chair or whatever, then it's okay. Like you can go elsewhere. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, sometimes it takes people, I think I, I think it's like, it takes people seven times to see something before 
they buy. Oh, that makes sense. In a general rule or guideline right. or whatever. Is that, um, and it's funny because ever since I heard that, now I kind of notice my own pattern of very rarely do I just see something and go, oh my gosh, I need to have that and purchase it. Right. Like very rarely. I remember very, actually, did, <laughs> there was a coach who like sent so many emails and I was like, oh my God, like I need to get off this email list. It's like, you know, every day, like blah. Well, guess who ended up buying her shit? <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, so you do need to like kind of bug people. I get it. I get it now. I get right. It. Yeah. I definitely get it. it and it's, it, I think that's one of the harder things to get used to as well. Yes. But then again, think of hair pages. I mean, what are people doing? They're posting their hair every single day. And we don't think twice about that. But really, it's the same fucking thing. Look at the hair I did. Look at the hair I did. Look at the hair I did. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's, yeah. it's yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So mindset. So give me, um, give me some examples of how stylists could switch up their mindset that will help their business. Oh, well, I mean, okay. So you can just give me one golden one if you want. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So basically, um, this is, this is a big one. So receiving the ability to receive is huge for women in Mm -hmm. general and many hairstylists because we're service based, right? We tend to have a hard time receiving accolades, love, money from our clients. Right. So I am worthy of receiving is a big one that comes up with my clients a lot who happen. Many of them happen to be hairstylists because obviously I'm a hairstylist. (laughs) And, um, and it's so, it's interesting because like (laughs) for people listening, when a client tips you really big or brings you like a really nice gift or something like that. What's your first instinct to say or do? I always say you didn't have to do that every time. (laughs) And then the action of that phrase is basically reciprocation. I'm going to give them something for free. I'm going to send them home with a product. I'm going to take $20 off their total, like, because we feel like we cannot receive simply to receive. Right. Oh, yes. That makes sense. Yeah. And it kind of like, so, so essentially like, and especially right now for us, like, I mean, I have clients tipping me like hundreds of dollars, which is awesome. Yes. And it's like this little, I don't want to call it a test. It's like this little reminder every time to just like, genuinely say thank you, like receive it and move on. Right. Right. Instead of thinking about it for days and how I'm going to make it up to them. And okay. So I guess then I should like send them something for free or like the next time they come, like I won't charge them for their haircut. And there's so many elements to this. Like, first of all, this person just gave you a gift Right. and how would you feel if you gave someone a gift and they turned around and just like tried to 
give you something back to make up for it. Like, it's like the joy of giving a gift is to see that person receive it and know that they appreciated it. Right. And, right. So another, so another example, I had a client, have a client who sent me $250 checks every, like, was it every month? During the shutdown? During the shutdown. Oh, dang. She was like making sure she's the first person that you called right? when well, you opened back up. She, she ended up being the first person because she's just an amazing person right. in right. general, right? right? And, um, you know, she, she told me like, like when I first got the check, I was seriously stared at it like, what is That's this? Awesome. You know? And so, of course, I immediately called her and was like, I have no words. Like, thank you so much. And she's like, um, yeah, you know, she pretty much was just like, you're welcome. Like, like, it's no big deal. I can do it. And I'm, I, I want to, I want to. Right. And so at one point, I don't know, three or four months in, she asked if she could buy some product for me because mm-hmm. I have all my product at home. I'm like, um, yeah, sure. You know, what do you need? And so she, and she lives right here in town. So I was like, okay, I'll drop this off on your porch. And, um, you know, we're all good. And she's like, well, how much do I owe you? And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, let me please give this gift to you. Right. And she's like, um, no. She's like, that money has zero strings attached to it. I'm sending it because I want to and because I can and because I love and support you. And if I want product, I'm paying for it. Awesome. And I was like, whoa. And this was it when we were talking in my group program, this was like the weekly theme was like the receive to receive thing. And I was like, holy shit, thank you very much for like this lesson (laughs) because it pushed me to my edge of comfortable. Right. And made me realize, okay, so I'm coaching to this right now to my clients, like receive to receive, received, like giving them all these examples and how they can like empower themselves and all these things. And then it's like, here's this little golden lesson handed to me on a silver platter. I'm like, okay, universe, thank you. Thank you. Like, well, I think just because we coach something doesn't necessarily mean that we don't have or had our struggles with the same thing. Oh, I think no. That's, fact, the, that's like, the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what I've been through. This is what's led me here. Let me like extend a hand and pull you up here to like, let's, let's experience this together. Let's work through this together. Maybe I have some guiding light and information to help you get through it easier. Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean we don't have struggles anymore. I still deal with this shit all the time. All the stuff I coach about are things that come up in my life all the time. So, okay. So this brings up a point that I'd love to chat about because this has happened in the past week a lot. I've had a lot of people, you know, well, I'm so sorry I didn't sign up for your course. Like, you know, no, if you're listening, my course is a money course. So, so sorry I didn't sign up for your course. You know, I have to say, you know, we're saving for this other thing right now. Okay, no problem. But I think that people don't realize that investing in coaches can excel whatever it is they want. So like, okay, you want to save for this thing, but you do realize investing in this course can make you save for it faster. Where in your situation with the mindset, you know, with work, and it's like, maybe people think, oh, well, I can just listen to a meditation or I can just do this. But they don't think about the fact that you've been in their shoes 
and you can get them to where they want to be quicker by, by helping them and guiding them through situations that they're going to learn the hard way. Right. Like giving away right. all the free products when somebody tips them higher or, you know, whatever that may be. Yeah. So I think it's interesting um, how, how, I think if anyone's getting into education, it's hard. The hardest part is to help people realize what they need. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, that's really interesting. Yes. Um, and that's when, you know, I think sharing vulnerably and like stepping up vulnerably and just showing up kind of messy. Yes. And perfectly is so important because when you, as a, as a client feeling like this person has it all together, like they're going to judge me, like they're not going to understand where I'm coming from. You know, that was never what I, my, what I wanted to people to perceive granted. I mean, I'm like, I can't help but share everything that's happening in my life. Right. (laughs) It's how I am and who I am. But, um, you know, it's interesting because the coaching industry feels like it's really shifting a lot because people are realizing that, that they can't, they can't connect to their clients if they're pretending to be perfect. Right. Right. And it's not going to help anybody. Nobody wants perfect anymore. No. And curated everything isn't what people are about anymore. Right. You know, people are, and also the, like all this COVID shit, like really people just want to feel like they can take care of themselves. They're not going to get sucked down the negativity hole when their brains spiral out. Right. You know, I mean, if this has not proven that to many people, I don't know what would, right. but you know, <laughs> it's, like, it's heavy times right now. Right. And, and it's bringing out a lot in people that is uncomfortable. I mean, not to mention, I mean, that's like COVID is just the thing that's affecting like the world, (laughs) but like in our country specifically, there's so many other things happening right now that is bringing up lots of, um, old wounding, lots of uncomfortabilities, lots of new uncomfortabilities, like so many things that people haven't necessarily dealt with before or consciously that they're now trying to navigate through and it's creating a need for coaches or for mentors some support to kind of step up into a new in a new way for people right. do you think that um it's because we're forced to spend a lot of time with ourselves yes yeah. <laughs> yes and what i used to do when i was feeling things I didn't want to feel was I would overcompensate with work. Yeah. Same. And I can't, I mean, now I could do that, but luckily I try, I can see the signs and I try to stop that snowball before it gets out of control. But, um, you know, when we were shut down, I couldn't do that. And so the first little bit of, of the shutdown, I mean, I was like having a really hard time figuring out how to just be Yeah. Right. Well, I, I know I will get in this, like, okay, I need to be doing something, but I don't know what that something is. Uh So Uh I'm just going to pick up my phone and and try and get my mind off of Uh what it is that I don't know what I need to be doing. And then I, 
I mean, the way the world is. And then I'm pissed <laughs> because I'm scrolling and all this negativity and all this like division. And, and then I put my phone down and then I'm stuck just sitting again. It's just, it's this weird cycle right now. Yeah. Um, and I agree. I think that having the support of somebody to yeah. one, hold you accountable for the things that you say you want. Yeah. Um, and two, just saying, you know, I know for me, even like DMing you the past couple months has been super helpful. Hmm. Sometimes I just want to hear that I'm not alone in the way yeah. I feel about whatever it is that I'm thinking, you know, yeah. which can be huge too. Yes. Yes. Not feeling alone is like huge. And it's interesting because I, for so many years, did everything alone. Right. Everything. And then I ended up in a studio alone. I was like, fuck yes, I don't need anybody else. And then, you know, I hired my coach like a month or so. Um, um, uh, yeah, about a month into COVID or into shutdown. And I was like terrified because I was like, I'm not working. Like, this isn't cheap. Right. Like, how the hell am I going to do this? Right. We didn't have unemployment yet. Like la la la. And, um, you know, I figured it out. Right. And I did it. And my life and my business are like, I mean, she told me as I was like talking with her about signing up for her mastermind, like, I think this could be a catalyst, like the catalyst for your business and for you. And I remember thinking, I'm just going to decide that it's going to be that. You have to. And then I just said yes. And like, that was the end of that. And, and it's true. It's right. so true. I had my course outlined for months. Right. And I didn't do shit with it. Right. And all you needed was somebody just to tell you. it's Yeah. Time. I needed somebody in my corner, like cheering me on, telling me how fucking great I was, like that I was so smart. This is so amazing. Everyone's going to love it. Your people love you. Everyone loves to pay you money. Like all those things, like the affirmations that sound silly, but really, really work. Right. But are hard to continue to feed to yourself 24 seven. Like it was just, it's been life changing to like have her with me on this ride. Right. And then also like to hold me accountable because she now knows my shenanigans. She knows my launch shenanigans. She knows that on day three of launch week, I'm like, I'm burning this shit to the ground. Right. <laughs> I'm leaving. Like, I'm not doing this. Forget it. Like, I'm refunding everybody. Like, I can't handle it. <laughs> Which is a perfectly normal feeling to have. Yeah. It's, it's terrifying. Like you yes. said, it's terrifying give, putting yourself out there, essentially. Uh-huh. Cause that's essentially what it is, you know? Um, so you are in the process of doing a five day mindset challenge right now. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, so because mindset, obviously, like I've talked about this whole time has pretty much changed my life and business. Um, and I see and hear the need for it in our industry, especially, but really for, for many entrepreneurs, especially creative entrepreneurs. Um, you know, so I just thought, how can I kind of share the basics with people in an intimate container where they feel safer to talk and to learn and to kind of expand their thinking? Um, 
So I decided to create this five day mindset challenge, but I'm doing it on Instagram, like in a private pop-up page. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of, well, it is, it's a total experiment. So we'll see, you know, how this goes so far. So good. I'm excited Um, to hear about it. (laughs) Yeah. And so basically I, you know, I'm going to go live in that, in that, on that page after we're done here actually, and go over like my favorite, um, journal prompts. Mm -hmm. And then each day we're going to have like a very simple, basic journal prompt for people to answer. And it's like a three to five minute a day thing because I want it to be again, very easy. Like I'm all about easy. Like how can I make this even easier for myself or even easier for my clients? And, um, which also takes a lot of self-trust to right? <laughs> route because we're so conditioned to think that everything has to be really hard. It's like this badge of honor. Oh my gosh, she works so hard. She sacrifices so much. And it's like, you know, you can still be successful, make lots of money, have your dream career and not have that as the way you got there. Right. Which for me has been the hardest, I think, part that's been the hardest thing for my brain to kind of grasp is like, you don't, you can still get to that goal without that hard, hard, hard work, push, force, hustle. Well, something, this, this actually comes up in almost every podcast so far. And Mm -hmm. I like to ask everyone this because do you feel that at some point in the hair, in your hair career or that any stylist at some point in their hair career has to hustle to learn that they don't want to hustle? Probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, at the beginning, like if I was to get out of hair school and I'm like, I'm charging $300 and I'm not working Saturdays and I'm only like, how would my life have looked differently? Do you know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. You know, I think about that sometimes too. And I'm like, okay, so. I, I will say the first salon I worked at when I moved back home, sh- her, she had her staff um, working every other Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I've been working every other Saturday since I, for like 10 years. That's awesome. Did she feel like it was just important to have weekends from time to time? Yeah. She was like, I think that if you get stuck in working every weekend, you'll never stop. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's true. My sister were, has worked every Saturday and before we went back the couple weeks ago, she was like, I'm working every other Saturday. And so when I asked her, what's your off Saturday? She's like, oh yeah, no, I'm working every Saturday. I'm like, Caitlin, (laughs) (laughs) like maybe like in a few months, I'm like, bitch, you know, you're not going to mark them off. Right. You know, because it's, again, it's tied to like, it's our, it's our, I call it my good girl, like, like that good girl training, you know, say yes to people, like make them happy. Like if they ask, you have to say yes. It's like, no, I don't. Right. And sometimes I don't have to have an answer either. Right. But it takes a long time to get there. So part of me is like, okay, many hairstylists start out in this industry when they're really young. They have plenty of fucking energy. They don't have children. Like they can just work whenever they want. They can make as much or as little money as they want. Like, you know, everything is just kind of like at their fingertips. Right. So, and, but then, you know, five years later, 10 years later, you're like, oh my God, like how much longer am I going to have to do this? Like, am I going to have to work like this to maintain you know, this income or whatever. And it's like, no, there's so many ways you can tweak things and change things and alter things 
to continue to hit goals and make more money or work less and make the same money. I mean, there's so many things you can do. And part of me is like, well, the trial and error aspect, right, has led me to this place. I don't know what would have happened if after beauty school, they were like, okay, like if you really want to have a balanced life and career, like this is what I recommend. Right. Okay, I guess if we all did that, then we'd all just be like, a little more zen. I don't know. Well, I'm curious, <laughs> you know, 10 years from now, is that what hair school is going to look like? Because if you look I at how know. much this is talked about, and I, I think that all the people who are trying to educate on better business will change the industry for the better. I definitely, yeah. I definitely think so. I think you, you got to have a little you kind of got to hit a rock bottom to a certain point, I think, before mm -hmm. you go, okay, something has to change. Yeah, like a self-realization. Yeah, because um, we've all been there, you mm -hmm. know, where it's like, okay, this isn't fun anymore. I'm either going to quit or I need to make a change. And I don't think it's ever too late. You know, I think a lot of right. people, oh, but I've been doing this for so long and I have all these clients and if I stop working on this date or if I raise my prices, I'm going to lose them all. And it's like, well that's not true. <laughs> you know, you're going to turn your life into what you want it to be rather than, yeah. you know, feel like. And also, you know, I've, I've been working through this with one of my current clients with raising her prices. You know, there was a lot of fear, obviously, that people weren't going to rebook or they weren't going to come back at all or, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, we, I did have to remind her a lot, like, well, we raise our prices so that we can work a little bit less, make yep. a little bit more, like, mm -hmm. and not always necessarily work less, I guess, but it's okay. And it's, it's imperative to occasionally shed a percentage of clients to open up the doors for some new clients to come in who will pay your pricing who like will buy a product from you. all these things will will work with your schedule um you know it's it's still a it can be a scary thing to see people go or sometimes it's sad right and that's okay it's like we can feel all those feelings we can grieve those people but then we can also understand that like you just said working toward that life that we really want and working day to day in the salon in a way that's not like breaking our backs. Right. You know, like maybe we can see three people in a day instead of seven. Exactly. And make more usually, more. you know, if you're doing yeah. it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, sure. I went back and I'm working two and a half days. So I work two days and every other Saturday, <clears throat> um, right now. And I'm making, more than I was when I left. And I had a whole, I was working three and a half days before I left. So I dropped a whole day and I'm making more than I was before COVID. When Did I was you like, raise your prices coming back? I switched to an hourly pricing yes. system, uh -huh. less product. So I use salon scale. So I use, yep. I, I, you know, have that whole method down. And for some people it's not, a change for some people it's even a little bit less right um not many but yeah for for the people who are coming in and getting like the three or four hour services done yeah it is a jump 
but so far no one has even asked questions about it. And do they know it's hourly or did you just price your services that way? I, I announced that it was hourly. Um, before COVID, I was working toward this. It felt like a really big jump, like in when I was in the salon. But of course, after not being in the salon for so long, I was like, look, this is what it is, like whatever, yeah. you know? And um, so before COVID, I had started, like, I did a couple price increases over the, like the year or so leading up to that, that were essentially getting to an hourly rate, but I wasn't necessarily announcing that it was an hourly rate, but I was switching, like raising my prices just enough so that it essentially worked out to be the same. Right. But I wasn't adding in the product costs. Right. The product costs, I mean, the product costs are unreal. It's huge. I mean, on like anything over a two and a half hour, like balayage type service, you're looking at like 40 to $60 yes. in product. Right. I think what shocked me the most when I started using Salon Scale was how cheap bleach is. Yeah. And how expensive gloss is. Yes. It's like and why would be getting like three glosses in an appointment. So right. there's like 30 bucks right there. I mean, the salon that I used to work at charged $20 for a gloss. Yeah. And you're literally losing money. Yeah. By doing glosses. It's crazy. Yeah. It's I know. yeah. Salon scale was a was a big eye opener for me, that's for sure. Totally. Um, so you've got a little something special coming out next week. I do. I know. I do. Uh, let's see. What's um, the date? We should probably, oh, it's September 29th. So this podcast will probably come out tomorrow. So yeah, beginning of October, you have something special. Yeah. You want to tell? Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, so, okay. So my group program, The Awakened Entrepreneur, um, I launched that in, July and mm -hmm. we just wrapped uh whatever six weeks from that was uh, <laughs> August something um like the end of August I think and um so after getting like some feedback from them and stuff they all pretty much said they wished it was longer than six weeks which is really cool but also I'm like oh my gosh longer than six weeks like, okay. <laughs> so I basically like revamped the program it's going to be 12 weeks mm -hmm. Um, it's going to take us through the holidays, which I think is going to be so, so super important, especially for stylists, because you know how we love to make the holidays so stressful. Burnout <laughs> season. I know. <laughs> um, so we're going to, it launches, I mean, technically it'll launch on Friday with like an extra early bird price, but you have to be in the mindset challenge <laughs> to get that price. So if you want to be in the mindset challenge, find me on Instagram and um, get in there because I mean, you can catch up and read all the things, even if you're technically quote late. Um, so it'll technically launch Friday, but to the public, it'll launch on Monday. And um, yeah, we're going to start, I think the first week of November. Awesome. November? What's the date today? Oh, the last week of October. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what month is it really? <laughs> I don't even know. Um, but it's going to be really cool. So we go over the first four weeks are going to all be mindset. Awesome. And then we move into some like, um, I'm also, I'm a holistic nutritionist as well. 
So we move into some um, like anxiety, hormone health, um, more body health type things to help bring our nervous system back into regulation, which I think also for hair stylists is huge because we run on caffeine. We don't eat enough. We don't take care of our bodies. We don't stretch. We don't move, you know? So that is like, that has been an interesting, um, I mean, I of course think it's so important, but then when, when we went through it with the group, the first time everyone's feedback, I was kind of nervous. Like, I don't know what they're going to, if they're going to be into this or not. And everyone was like, that hormone module was like mind blowing. Oh my gosh. Like that's such good information to know. Like we talk about how to sync up your, your cycle with your workflow and just basically how to tie that into mindset and allowing yourself the rest and time and space it needs because our bodies as women are cyclical. Like we're not meant to run at the same pace all month long, every single day. So um, we go into that piece and then we wrap it up with like business strategy. And it's like a lot, I call it aligned business strategy because it's, um, it's different. <laughs> it's different than what we're used to hearing about. Different in what way? Um, it's not, well, it's just like taking time for yourself first and then working from that place instead of the opposite. Um, celebrating yourself maybe before you hit the big goal, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. celebrating yourself for taking care of yourself and kind of working from a place of ease and like more flow instead of feeling like shit, sitting down to do your work, stressing yourself out, ramping up that nervous system, telling yourself your crap if you don't get it done, work, 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 push, 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 push. Right. Kind of, I call it the bro mentality. Um, <laughs> Cause like that is that masculine energy of like hustle push. And we do need a balance, but we are very much lacking in the feminine um, energy, like being related and linked into our businesses. So it's really tapping into like what makes us women by nature. Right. And allowing ourselves to, to work in a different way that might feel uncomfortable because it's not the typical like quote work hard mentality. Right. You know, it's like literally being able to get to those goals without burning yourself out. Right. Yeah. Cause the hustle is bullshit. It is not saying that sometimes you don't have to do stuff you don't want to do. Of course. Not saying that because no. you do, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, you can, you can find a way to do it, you know, where your, your mind isn't a crazy person. So I want to hear also about, you have a podcast. So I do. Tell, tell the people about your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of this talk. Yeah. <laughs> and it's called Screw It, Let's Do It. I love uh, it. Because I noticed that I was saying that a lot, like, oh my God, screw it. Like, just do it. Yeah. And um, so then it just became the podcast name. Um, I actually launched this podcast right before quarantine, like mm -hmm. the beginning of March. And it had a whole different thing going okay. on. And um, so I launched it. And then I think there's like two or three episodes from the original launching of the podcast. And then I just, my kid was home. Like I didn't have the time. I was kind of like 
my brain felt like I didn't know what direction to take it in. Do people even care about this right now? You know, it's like, right. so it was on hold for a long time. And then um, I was talking with my coach a few weeks ago. And of course, you know, she's like, it can be as easy or as complicated as you want it to be. I was like, what yep. do you mean? She's like, well, I don't know. When you get off this call, just record one on your phone. I'm like, on my phone? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like you have voice memo on your phone, right? Just record a voice memo and then upload it somewhere. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny. Sometimes we just need that permission to like, no, no, you can just like make it really easy. Well, I think, again, that's another big limiting belief is that things have to be perfect, you know, right. before you, you know, announce it to the world. And I think that's what stops so many people from doing so many things Yeah, because it's not going to be perfect. And it's definitely not going to be perfect if you've never done it before. So totally. you've got to show up imperfect and then you just figure it out from there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like you said earlier, like, even if you make a mistake, um, people don't really care. Right. They don't. You know? No. It like no. humanizes you. Exactly. It's like we're all just figuring it out. Right. It yep. makes it so much more relatable. Totally. Um, awesome. Well, I enjoyed this this chat as Yay. always. Uh, where can everybody find you? Of course, the gram. What's your handle? Yes, the gram. So I am at I am Elizabeth Salamanca. <laughs> Um, it's easy if you know my name, uh, my last name can be tricky. So just look for it where will this pod, wherever this podcast is all over, <laughs> on all the things, all the things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can find me there. I'm most active there. I mean, I'm on Facebook, but you know, I think I'll put your handle in the show notes too. So Perfect. people can find it there. Yep. And, um, yeah. And then my podcast is, I think anywhere you can listen to podcasts and it's screw it. Let's do it. Awesome. Is there any last words you would like to, any advice you would like to say to stylists out there that mm. might be struggling? Yeah. You are fucking worthy of whatever you desire. Amen to that. Yeah. Elizabeth, thank you so much. Mm, As you. always, I enjoyed and uh, yeah. Um, I will talk to you in the DM soon. Yes. <laughs> Once again, thank you so much for listening. I really enjoy doing this for you guys. The feedback has been absolutely amazing. So keep it coming. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on whatever platform that you are listening to this. Screenshot it. Post it on the gram. Tag me at hairbite underscore Misty Jane. Tell your friends about Backroom Beauty Talks. And I'll talk to you on the next one.